Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Maddie D and I look at all things football for the weekend of October 14th and 15th. That's college football week 7 and NFL week 6. We look at key matchups. We give our pick and a couple different key players to look at this weekend. But as always, please like and share the podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a nice five-star rating. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is our handle there. ThunderBlogSports.com is the website, of course. Check out the Fun V Tailgate blog for all of our college picks. ThunderBlog Sports is the Instagram and Facebook handles as well. If you haven't checked out the NBA preview with ThirdAndGirl.com's Emily Anderson, go check that out. That should be the uh, previous two episodes. But enjoy this week's football preview. Thanks again. We are live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate presented by ThunderBlogSports.com. I, of course, am the G-Man and with me, is my man, the myth, the legend himself, Maddie What's up, buddy? Yeah, it's already Wednesday, and it's, it's already football eve for all of us here, you know? Could not be more excited for, uh, for a little Thursday night action. Finally got a good game to watch tonight, and uh, to watch tomorrow night with uh, our boys going up against the Panthers, so I'm, I'm pretty pumped up about that. Yeah, definitely a nice little back-to-back-to-back-to-back set of college football games, or uh, football, rather, games. Um, you know, we include the dates of really Saturday and Sunday, and probably you'll you'll hear this in time on Thursday because we're recording it Wednesday night. Um, but, yeah, definitely a fun fun little slate ahead for us. We even got good college football on Friday night, um, including your second college team that you did such a good job of getting our, our thunder stories up on Instagram, <laughs> the Clemson Tigers playing the Syracuse Orangemen up at the queues and then Washington state returning to the, to the scene of the crime for, or I guess the day of the crime Friday nights. Uh, so yeah, four days of good football ahead of us. I couldn't be more excited for it either. We're going to start on the college game though. And looking back to last weekend, we uh, saw a lot of upsets and it was a lot. It was a week. A lot of wonky lines, some good ones that may may not have should have been good. But Matt, what were your big takeaways from last weekend? Well, you know, we saw some some teams kind of falter. I think was important, and even some teams that won. And I'll even mention the team that I saw it was an amazing experience down at, at Clemson to go to Death Valley, but they, they didn't blow out a bad Wake Forest team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're seeing a little more parity potentially than normal and we're going to see some really big time games coming up soon um but i thought you saw some teams stumble including you know our our my beloved and your, our our very favorite uh michigan squad who dropped a bad one in the big house so you know i uh, i think we're you're seeing the playoff picture kind of come a little bit into focus there's still a very long way to go and a lot of teams that are things are going to happen to along the way but we're starting to see that playoff picture come into focus yeah, it, it was an interesting, uh, you know, obviously Oklahoma and Michigan going down. Um, we were talking off air. I read this interesting article on ESPN about ranking the top one loss teams and, and kind of getting right into my, well, before I do that, let's, let's get the lowdown. We saw on the story 
Well, let's get the the lowdown of last Saturday at Clemson. We need a we need the full tailgate. I mean, fun v tailgate. We need that. I mean, they really do it up right down there. That's the first thing I got to say. We're talking big time and a lot of class that was occurring. You know, it's definitely that SEC class that you get. Uh, not SEC, excuse me, Southern. Yeah, an ACC, uh, SEC school. ACC. Uh. No, I'm, I'm, I misspoke there. SEC, ACC, Southern school class with your tailgates. Um, people were dressed up, uh, a lot of dresses, a lot of orange. Tailgates were big time. Uh, we were in Looked kind like of a, we were yeah we were in kind of an older area like older in terms of clientele parking lot uh, a lot of okay. old alumni that came through incredibly nice let's share this what do you guys want oh you're you're from you know you're from uh, Philadelphia they loved that why are you here and it was such a cool time to experience with them we got to watch the team walk right past us through our tailgate that is one of the coolest things you'll see just the love and support they get down there barbecue we got some pulled pork um that was just just, just deliciously good and then the Talk game about itself, stadium snacks oh my god i mean the pageantry was incredible and to watch the uh the team come in over the hill running down out of the field was was really impressive and the noise especially early in the game um was fantastic you can't beat tailgates like that and i'm i it makes me want to and i know you might have this opportunity at some point but go down and see you know, schools like Alabama, Ole Miss, um, maybe some of the Florida schools, see how they also tailgate Georgia because it, it was impressive, to say the least. Yeah, I definitely at some point want to, you know, do the full tour. You and I have both done Penn State, you a couple times, and you'll you'll be going up in a couple weeks. But the one you, you kind of alluded to is the world's largest outdoor, ta- or, uh, outdoor cocktail party, which is Florida, Georgia, and in Jacksonville. That's a game that I think we'll need to eventually hit up together because that apparently is a great time. The Grove at Ole Miss definitely need to check out um, Bama LSU, both in Tuscaloosa and in Baton Rouge um, from working in, in both towns and getting to know some people there from my job. Uh, they love both teams, uh, both not just in the football sense. Uh, baseball is pretty big down there. Uh, you know, we never really hear about college baseball, Soccer is huge. You know, women's sports are also pretty big. I mean, really, anything that you can get those schools, any SEC, ACC, get that pride going. They really love it, and they fully accept all the pageantry. And, and I'm awesome. I'm glad that you got to experience the awesome pageantry around it, and and I hope to one day as well. But now on to kind of my my question. So reset. Read that article ranking the best one to uh, one loss teams. The top two were Oklahoma and Ohio State, which both immediately addressed the fact that going forward to the playoff, you need the other to do well. So, I mean, really, my question to you, are they forever handcuffed? You know, because Ohio State doesn't play. They play Penn State this weekend. Um, then they don't play Michigan for a while. Their their other probably big test until the presumed uh, Big Ten championship game. And then with everything that's going on in the Big Twelve, I mean, are these two teams handcuffed in terms of success of one another, or is there some leeway for them to to kind of break away? Pretty great question. They play. They actually don't. They don't play Penn State this weekend. They play them the weekend after Michigan. Oh, okay. I, thought, I knew it was back to back. Yeah, it's probably a bigger a bigger test for Penn State than either of those because they're going to play Michigan at, and then they're going to go to Ohio State. Probably season defining. Here's what I would say. I don't necessarily know if it's handcuffed, and here's why. Uh, take Ohio State. If Ohio State beats Penn State and then beats Michigan, 
and everybody else in between goes and assume we, uh, we are assuming playing wet plays Wisconsin um, in the in the Big Ten title game. That yeah. resume, so that resume alone, that means they knock Penn State to a one loss team. They win the Big Ten. That resume alone against a couple top ten opponents potentially will get them into the playoffs, in my opinion. So I think they have less of a handcuff than Oklahoma State. That being said, uh, I'm sorry, Oklahoma. Excuse me. Whoa, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. That's yep. uh, now. That being said, Oklahoma has to play some tough teams as well. Big rivalry game this week against Texas. They're going to have to play Oklahoma State. Uh, do they play? I'm trying to look it up. Do they play TCU this year? They they do. The Big Twelve isn't in divisions yet because it's only eleven teams. Okay. It's a round robin, uh, yeah. basically so, a round robin. So if we just um, look, I mean, they play Texas, Kansas State, who was ranked, Texas Tech, who is ranked, Oklahoma State ranked. It would only be ten ranked. teams. Yeah. They, and West Virginia ranked. So they're going to play a whole bunch of ranked teams as well. If those two teams run th- the table, I bet you they're both in the playoff. Yeah, I, I could certainly see that. I think it's either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State that has to go to West Virginia as well, which uh, that's another spot I want to go out to. Obviously, we have some friends there. Uh, a buddy of mine is at law school there. If he's listening, what's up, Duck? Um, but, if I mean, that place is always bumping. It's a frequent game day spot, I think, year after year, Morgantown. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but yeah, the, the I, I, I tend to agree with you there, especially yeah. with, with the fact that if Ohio state does in fact run the table that, you know, that they, they certainly have a much more compelling case. It kind of depends on Clemson, Alabama, if they're undefeated going in or, or who really comes out of the sec because Auburn's still hanging around. Right. Um, and really too, what happens with what Washington state and USC uh, if if they if they both run the table, let's say, and they meet in the Pac-12 championship, and USC gets revenge, that's a compelling case. And and say all goes well for these teams, considering that you know the you know the five let's say five champions don't have to play each other going forward. You know that then that kind of comes into this interesting argument of really then it becomes Oklahoma or Ohio State, and it becomes this sort of question of what do you care about the head-to-head matchup or I guess the resume, but the resume for Oklahoma would look pretty good too. Right. I mean, I, I think here's what I would say, and this is the hard part. Normally I'm always a big fan of if you beat a team with the same record as you, you should be in, but I know they beat Ohio state. in I know they beat Ohio state in Ohio state. They lost to an Iowa state team with a backup quarterback, a third string quarterback. Yeah, I, I to me, if they end up both with one loss and they're f- vying for that fourth spot, let's assume that whether it's Washington, let's assume Washington okay. runs the table. We'll just because we'll just use them as an example. So they're they run the table, they're probably in. I would tell you Ohio. Maybe you'd have I to think they're you, in. I would tell yes, and then I would tell you Ohio State would get in again over Oklahoma because they have one loss to Oklahoma while Oklahoma lost to Iowa State. Because they have the better loss, in other words. They have the better loss. And I hate to say that, but if Oklahoma had lost to Oklahoma State or to TCU, then I feel differently about that. But you can't go out and lose to an Iowa State, who, by the way, every year seems to pull off a huge upset, just so we're all on the same page. But I yeah, I don't think you can do that. I do think the Huskies control their own destiny. They're going to they're gonna start to play some decent opponents. They really haven't been overly tested. I mean, I like Colorado a little bit in Cal, but – they're going to play Oregon, Stanford, Utah, and then they're going to end the year with Washington State, which could be a big, 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 big game. Although Washington State, along with Clemson, are playing on Friday the 13th, which always is a little terrifying for either team. Um, so there's some potential there. But I, uh, 
I got to tell you, I, I, no one's talking about the Huskies or the Cougars out in uh, out in the West Coast, and they're two dangerous teams. But like, like I said, still a lot of teams to get through there. Um, and we're not talking about TCU, who hasn't lost. So they, they correct. But how about this? What happens if Alabama loses to Georgia? Georgia's undefeated. Alabama has one yeah, loss. That's a really Georgia. good point. I don't know that they may personally. We've Alabama, almost written off the East in the SEC. Just right. said they're they're not they're not the team that's winning. It's whoever right. wins the Iron Bowl. And to me, I would say Alabama should. Uh, if Alabama loses, and um, and a couple of like in Ohio State has one loss, and it's to Oklahoma. I don't know. It's me. That's going to be a really tough decision although normally these all work themselves out anyway <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> so true i mean it's a bloodbath you know and, and and teams start to fall down yeah really the only the only crisis that we've ever run into was last year with the big 10 where the team that got in lost to the conference champion so there was that debate the team obviously penn state had two losses uh, so is the you know that argument that we kind of presented there, but in a much more focused uh, area. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if who ultimately does win the, the SEC, because that's a really good point. Does Georgia run the table, including beating Alabama? What does Auburn do? Uh, I think Auburn has to play Georgia and Alabama as well. Um, I think one's, I think they're at Georgia and then home against Alabama. I think it's similar to the to four years ago when they with the kick six. Um, yeah, you have Oklahoma State, who has, is a one loss team, who has to play a lot of good teams. I mean, that's that's one. I mean, your pick, they could. I mean, you know, that's one that that could really run it. I mean, this is where it kind of gets interesting because you too have like bowl eligibility coming up of teams winning their sixth game and all this different stuff. And it's, it'll be fun to watch. One thing that made the compelling argument for Oklahoma in the case of the Ohio state argument was the fact that there is the big 12 championship game. So they're playing the good team or a good team, I should say a second time, you know, whether it's TCU, Oklahoma state, whomever they're playing them a second time and, presumably getting two wins over them at 12 and one rather than 11 and one, like they have been in the past. So that's right. something to think about too. But obviously, like you said, that uh, first Saturday in December, will uh, get a lot of answers. Yeah. I mean, I think just looking, uh, you know, ahead, just when I just look at this week, another week of, of not massive, I don't want to say not massive matchups because they're all important. Um, but there's nothing on, there's something this week that really sticks out to me and goes like, wow, that's going to be, you know, just a wild game. Um, I think Stanford-Oregon is a fun game if you can stay up till 11. That yeah. could be kind of a fun game to watch. But beyond that, nothing that really blows me away in terms of I got to sit down and, and enjoy. Oklahoma-Texas is always fun. But I think Oklahoma- – got Auburn-LSU this weekend. Auburn-LSU, that, and that's a trap game for Auburn, really. It's uh, a seven-point line. I mean, that's yeah. – Interesting line. You're absolutely right. Trap game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's kind of a shame Wisconsin doesn't have to go to Purdue because uh, that could have been a, a fun trap game as well to watch. Um, Miami at Georgia, Miami hosting Georgia Tech is surprisingly low. Georgia Tech with the tr- the uh, triple option and, and what they run there. Um, I feel like that might be a little too low of one. Um, but how about this? How about Navy? Making it into the top twenty-five, three and a half point road uh, road dog at say. Memphis. 
but Navy still getting the job done with, even with, uh, you know, those good teams and graduating Keenan Reynolds and all that, they still, uh, they're still able to get off to a good start. Right. Right now. Pretty impressive. Um, yeah. We'll see. I, I, um, I, I'm happy for Miami. I thought they pulled out a fantastic win against a really, really good team. So pretty, pretty excited about um, seeing what they can do uh, and seeing they can continue kind of this momentum that Mark Rick, Rick has Rick has built there. Excuse me. So pretty excited to see. Can they just hold the hold the fort against the Yellow Jackets team? It's three and one, but really hasn't played much. Always a t- you're right. Always a tough team to play against because they have that um, you know that new. Uh, I'm also interested to see if Michigan can bounce back against Indiana. And uh, yeah. can they can they put some offense up against a decent Indiana team? Uh, there's got to be some some very, very, very faint noise if you're Jim Harbaugh. You're 1-4 against your biggest rivals. Can't lose close games and be a great coach in this league. So we'll see what happens there. I do think, though – he beats both Penn State and Ohio State to take the Big Ten East. Okay, because uh, we're gonna we're gonna assume that that uh, Michigan State loses mm-hmm. more games and doesn't you know doesn't get that tiebreaker coming into effect. I think if he does that, he wins the division, gets his first Big Ten championship game. I think any noise that there may or may not be does in fact go away. Because um, go ahead. It's a good Ohio State team. Say what you will about their loss um, in the fact that they lost early. You know, a good yeah. Urban Meyer team. I mean, you know, he finally get you know gets over the hump in beating Ohio State, um, which I think I think that in and of itself. No offense to Michigan State, and they are two and one, I believe, right against Michigan. He's only been there. This is his third year. Two and one. Team. Yep. Two and one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's third year. Third year. Um, I mean, the Ohio State game is so much more clout than than Michigan State. No, right. But I do think – I mean, I, I think the other thing is this is kind of an interesting parallel here. We're going to see Wisconsin seventh in the country. Now, they're supposed to play – Michigan's going to play at Wisconsin the week before, but their schedule is really, really weak. Uh, yeah. So far. Oh, they yeah. played literally nobody, and they really aren't even going to play anybody of real talent until they play Michigan. So it goes one of two ways. Either Wisconsin shows up big time for that game or Wisconsin is, is, a, is a fraud and gets smoked by Michigan. So we'll kind of see because, I mean, they, they really played literally nobody. Of, of i got to tell you that the Big Ten West is just – I mean, I think everyone assumed Nebraska would be good and, and then also Iowa. I don't know who made these divisions, though, and I know they want to keep rivalries together. The East is just too good. I don't. I mean, I. I don't know. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan. The top four teams, other than Wisconsin, it would have been nice to see. I don't know. I don't know who you pull over there, but it would have been nice to see maybe one of those teams sneak in. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's um, funny, right? Because they used to have the leaders in the legends divisions. Yes. Um Which was ironic because I believe Ohio State and Penn State were in the leaders division and went through their scandals while all those names were uh, still <laughs> in effect. Nothing against those two. Obviously, great coaches. The stuff that happened, yada yada. Um, but it's funny, like the the Big Ten East. You still have Maryland. You have Rutgers in there. Rutgers, who's by far the worst team. But yeah, you're right. Like Nebraska should be better. Northwestern was kind of good, and they they only lost to Wisconsin by nine points on the road. Right. Um, so we'll. I mean, we'll see what happens. How Iowa does. I mean, that that almost might be a trap game in and of itself. Eleven eleven on Veterans Day, where 
Wisconsin hosts Iowa, you know, a, a hungry road team. Um, but it'll be, I mean, all not powerhouses, but traditional schools that could make their run back to uh, to some type of glory. You know, Minnesota, Nebraska um, didn't really. Indiana's always a tough out, so there's one too. That's that's what Wisconsin has to do. Right. Um, before they host Iowa, host Michigan, and finish the season at Minnesota. So you, you never know. We could have one of those crazy final two weekends of November where just boom, 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 everybody falls down. Um, I mean, I feel like this past weekend, really, with two top 10 teams going down, was the most chaos we've really seen aside from the Oklahoma Ohio State game not being an Ohio State blowout. Right, so, right, right. I just who knows if we get more? Yeah, this is kind of the tough part. This is where really good teams win win mediocre games. You know, they they win, and, and this is where you 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 fight through scares. And Oklahoma and Michigan didn't do that, while other teams have done that. And so I think um, this is where the and I think the next couple of weeks we're going to continue to see that uh, until we start to get into these really good uh, big time games that are really going to start to separate everybody but we're going to see some attrition and see it kind of things kind of change and open up so i'm fascinated um to see what happens moving forward i mean it should be a continued madness that's what the ncaa has got to want continued madness to keep the ratings up especially in these kind of doldrum areas of the season yeah and one one interesting facet of, of one loss teams that we didn't really get into is notre dame and kind of in a chaotic level where let's say Michigan beats one of the two, Penn State or Ohio State. The team that Michigan beats beats the other. So say Michigan beats Ohio State, Ohio State beats Penn State. Now all three teams have one loss. You know, I kind of hear you almost have – you don't want to say Michigan beats both, but it, it kind of to make, the, make it work, you almost have to say they beat – they beat Penn State, Penn State, because then somebody has two losses. Mm-hmm. But then Notre Dame, if they run the table, is kind of where I'm getting at. And there's some chaos in the Big 12 or in the Pac-12. I mean, that's almost something that the NCAA wants because they don't have a 13th game. And mm-hmm. seeing if that team that's one of the most popular college football programs in the country can make their way in, in trying to finally break into the college football playoff in this you know old-school in that independent team that Notre Dame's always been, Penn State did forever, BYU decided to do, you know, oh, so many years ago to get out of a crappy conference. But we'll see. I mean, that's something that, that certainly the NCAA would probably want to at least have their last couple games mean something, especially having to play USC um, and, and a mean, number of different squads. Have, I mean, th- their remaining schedule, the only team that looks like a guaranteed win is Wake Forest. USC yeah. ranked, North Carolina State ranked now they're both at home but then they got to go to miami then they play navy and then they're back at stanford to end the year that's a pretty diabolical schedule now normally i'm pretty anti Notre dame but they lost to georgia by a point yep if they run the table i think they've got to be considered as much as i'd hate it legitimate contenders although especially if georgia either beats alabama or wins the sec right then you really have to think of them kind of coming back to that handcuff question i originally had Right. No, absolutely. That would make sense. That would make sense. I'm just, I'm excited to see some of these teams start to play each other. Uh, you know, this is that kind of time where a bunch of teams, look, the top, the top, almost the top 10, eight of the top 10 teams are undefeated. Um, you know, Miami undefeated as well. And a couple other teams on the schedule, some, 
potential Cinderella's South Florida, San Diego State, UCF, Navy, undefeated. Uh, I, I want to see some of these teams, excuse me, start to play each other and see what happens. Yeah, it'll be fun once uh, the heads start banging. Yeah. Uh, but kind of to ra- wrap up college football before we move over to the NFL, what is your – we kind of went through some of the games, but what's the one you're keying on the most this weekend, your game of the week? It, game of the week because I, I really am excited to, to see it. Uh, in that case, would be Oregon and uh, Washington State. Okay. Yeah, for I me, mean, it's going to be Auburn-LSU. That's a great game. I, like I said, I'm just excited to see those teams. I don't think Oregon's getting any credit either. Maybe that's why I'm thinking that, but I'm pretty fired up. Yeah, yeah. And and for me, it's one of those things. We, we've seen a lot of different LSUs come out, and in this oh, I'm sorry. Did I, rivalry I game that – Oregon-Stanford, that... excuse me. I'm sorry. I knew it wasn't Washington State. What am I talking about? Oregon-Stanford, no, excuse good. me. I love, I love Washington love, State's love, on Friday. Friday. Watch out yeah. for, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I, although, just really exciting for it. Watch out for the uh, the college football blog that'll come out probably Friday morning. Uh, hopefully, because I'll be off work that day, so I won't have a busy day at work like the last couple weeks. Uh, but let's move over to the professional scene. We kind of touched upon the birds for Thursday night, but Matt, let's get our take. The full bias take. So if you don't like the Eagles, you want to skip it, you know, that now is the time. Full bias take on last week's game, Matt. That that's the that is the most perfect version you'll see of what I still think is an imperfect Eagles team. You know, they used all the weapons on offense, which I thought was so important to to kind of cover all of that. So all the weapons. Even Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar, Trey Burton, who I think does not get enough credit or game time. I love Oh, you're absolutely right. Right. Nope. Now, and everyone was like, well, where's Alshon Jeffrey? Well, he's being covered by Patrick Peterson. So he kind of gets taken out of the game plan, but that's okay. And, and he's enough of a team-focused player right now to know that, you know what, today's not going to be my full day. Let's let Torrey Smith, Nelson Aguilar, Ertz, um, the running game, Burton, get involved. And, and I'll take care of the best corner in football and then allow these other guys to be open. So yeah, I think it's a testament to a good, great game plan because they came out really hot, which I've loved. Um, and the defense, though, to me, is just really, really important. They're, They're playing clicking. hard. But this linebacking core, who is super thin and still makes me nervous, I'm pretty sure I talk about this every week, this linebacking core is playing out of their mind. Jordan Hicks is looking Pro Bowl-like. Um, this is without Fletcher Cox, who should be back this week. So I'm pretty excited for that. And by the way, our two corners, they're taking their lumps right now as rookies, but they're looking half decent and hearing Sidney Jones and Ronald Darby will be back at some point this season. I'm pretty fired up. I was there. It was uh, ridiculous. Honestly, you didn't even realize it was 21 nothing in the first quarter. I looked, at, I looked up and I was like, it's the first quarter? We never do that. And the better part was not only were we up 21 nothing, but in past years we've blown those leads and made them interesting. We never made this game interesting. We fought to the bitter end. I was very impressed with our performance. Yeah, I was I was probably the most impressed that they didn't give up any sort of ground in that game. And when it looked like it might just stall out, they win by, you know, 14, maybe 20 points. Then they have the big bomb to Nelson Aguilar. And I mean, he looked incredible yeah. on that run. If you haven't seen it Looking yet, go like, check it out. Look um, like the, col- the college his college self. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I was incredibly impressed by the defense. I was incredibly impressed that we were able to get Torrey Smith involved, that Trey Burton played incredibly well. But, I mean, Zach Ertz really helped, really helped to, to thing out. And 
the running game still strong two weeks in a row. Um, that's something, you know, Doug Peterson talked about of, of getting it a little more involved and, and kind of going with what works. And that's certainly working for you there. Hmm. I, 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 but, and I got to say tomorrow night, I'm a little, I don't have a vibe. Like, I, I don't know. I, I yeah, just I'm, think that we're playing a good team. We're a good team. Things happen. We'll see what happens. I don't think I. I don't think I'm upset either way if we lose. Uh, but I don't really have a vibe on whether I'm super ex- like super thinking we're gonna we're gonna rock and roll or I do I think we're gonna get crushed. I don't know. I don't really have any vibes coming from the game. I'm just excited to watch a good t- two good teams play. Yeah. No, I agree with you. It's it's an interesting take on what's gonna happen. Um, I, I I have some type of nerve, but I don't know if it's like a if. It's not like going into the Kansas City game or even this past weekend, which now looking back, whoa. Um, in Kansas City where I was like, you know what? Like this doesn't feel doesn't feel good. I don't feel good going into tomorrow, but it's almost that, that just kind of they're a good team, so got to respect it kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like with, with L.A. where I felt like the Eagles could win and, and maybe should win, but – Still came into it a little cautious, right? That's how I feel tomorrow. But but my mind tells me it's not as much of a win as going to LA was two weeks ago. Now, right? I mean, I, I think it's going to be a tough matchup too. Short week, no Lane Johnson, which is so huge. That's um, huge. That's really yeah. huge. Yeah, but I will say this: we've got some. How how do I want to put this? We've got a team that came off of two really big emotional wins against the Patriots, against the Lions. Panthers coming in, maybe a little bit too much hype. I don't know, so I'm not saying that's going to happen. But maybe we catch them after kind of a scrimmage game after the first quarter last week with a little more energy this week for us while they had to gut one gut the last two weeks out. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see us big national stage. Let's just look decent. You know, that's really what I'm coming from. Yeah. How do you think Carson's going to do? Pretty good defense and short week, you know, big question. I mean, he said a lot on both interviews and on social media. He's excited for it, being the spotlight. But but how do you think he's going to do? Because he's looked really good the last couple weeks. So he just needs to keep doing what he's been doing, which is smart, intelligent football, letting the game come to him. You know, if he can do that, I, I think he'll be fine. He does it. He just needs to play like he played last week, running the offense. They give him so much freedom, which I think is so awesome for a young quarterback. It, yeah. You know, I, I don't don't try to win the game early. Let's just play against a good defense. Take what you can get. Maybe the first quarter you only scored three points. Let's let our defense do its job and just kind of play smart football early, and then we'll take our shots when we can get them. No, really good point, and yeah. I think he's played very well. I did text you during uh during the game that the Fox guys kind of uh kind of screwed him over in uh saying that he that he hadn't thrown a pick in so long and, and all that stuff that it eventually it eventually happened. So they uh, they gave him the jinx there. But what other games last week were probably either shocking or your your big takeaways kind of going forward? Yeah, I mean, a couple things. Patriots get back on track with a great defensive performance on a kind of struggling Buccaneers team at this point. Thought I, I was very impressed with the way they're coming together, which is scary for the rest of the league. Um, you know, beyond that, 
Um, well, I thought the Jaguars are still surprising me. How far can they go with Blake Bortles? But they looked really good. Also, I thought the Raiders looked really bad without Derek Carr. Yeah. Shows you how important he is to that team. So to me, those were some of my bigger takeaways of the week. Um, Raiders struck, Raiders are going down. Jaguars on their way up. And then also um, the Patriots coming together, which should terrify the AFC East. Yeah, it's funny that. What are you thinking? Yeah, it's funny, just quickly on the Patriots, of how when they went 2-2, two and two, everybody's like, oh, last time they did it, they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Last time they did it, they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> and what did they do? They put out a full team performance in a win there. Um, almost like the uh, the infamous words of, of our guy, Greggy P, uh, which we uh, quoted a couple weeks ago, but they because of how the preseason goes, that they don't really blitz at all, and they, they don't get a chance to really – get anything there i thought i did think um the yeah, the steelers loss was pretty shocking that jaguars team and, and how they've looked that defense looking incredibly good which was something we talked about in the pre or the preview with allen um could what they could possibly do um one that i thought was a little upsetting to me just because some of the pedigree that he had was the battle between matt castle and, and jay cutler that the the Titans didn't pull away with it. I would have thought that that Castle could have put together a full enough game with the, the cast of characters that he has around him to um, you know get it get it through. They obviously lose. Dolphins moved to two and two. Um, really, also I was looking today at just the standings of you know how low of points they both scored and allowed. But another one for me. I mean, it was a battle between uh, but between defeated teams and and. Um, two of whom we've picked to you know, potentially make the playoffs was the Giants-Chargers game. You almost have to feel for the Chargers at this point, or not the Chargers, the Giants at this point, losing all three of their wideouts. Um, I be- think Sterling Shepard might be trying to play this week. Uh, he's still questionable. Last time I checked on my fantasy team, but ODB is out for the season. Brandon Marshall might be out for the season. Um, so you, you almost have to feel for him there and, and how they're going to go forward with the, the rest of the schedule. That being said, let's say they, they maintain the current pick they have, the number one pick, uh, getting all of those guys back presumably by the beginning of next year and kind of a bounce back year for the rest of an offense that some people thought could have been division winning. Right. Um, what do you do? You know, with the, with the number one pick, you could have a lot take? of fun going into that. Who do you take? I, right now, season ends right now. I think the top three picks right now are Saquon Barkley, um, uh, Sam Darnold and Mike, uh, is that McClinchy McCl- from Notre Dame, yeah. the great offensive yeah. tackle? So those are three positions on the on the Giants. Qu- obviously, two, the tackle position and the running back position are fast are, are immediate needs. Yeah, but I think you take Barkley. If I was if I was New York, you you haven't had a great running back core. Uh-huh. Really, since that first Patriots upset team, uh, I can't remember who their running backs were in 2012 or 2011-2012 season. But I remember, I think they called it Earth, Wind, and Fire. And Dan, if you're listening, correct us, please. Um, but yeah, that I mean, I'd, I'd go with the running back. I mean, you can't say enough about offensive linemen, but you've seen enough in, in the draft of being able to get, and you, you could say this about running backs too, that you can get right. picks that still turn out to be great NFL players later in the draft, but Saquon's just special. I know he's special. So was Zeke Elliott. So was Todd Gurley. 
I just look at a team that has no, I mean, I mean, no offensive tackle ability. But I would tell you, you get a number one pick in the draft, and you've got an aging quarterback. That's true too. And now this is New York, so this is a tough spot. Or you try to trade back, thinking you can get a running back or something. That's but what I was going to say. Trying to mean, ransom somebody right. that needs a quarterback. But you're telling me you can get your hands on a big time quarterback prospect, play Eli for a year, and then dump this guy in? Or almost do a, a Favre, a Favre Rodgers type deal. Even right. if it's not one year, it's a couple years. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, once again, you don't draft a quarterback number one overall or number two overall, aka the Bears, and not play the guy. Although this is different because Eli is. You know, a, a two-time Super Bowl winner. Um, may, maybe you do. Maybe you draft one in the second round. Maybe you know, there's a couple guys, but I. So maybe it's too high, the number one overall pick. But there's something to be said if Eli continues to struggle. So I think one of Eli's problems is that he's not a mobile quarterback. So when you're playing with receivers who are are now not as good as they, uh, you know, there's no Odell. Brandon Marshall does not look the same even before his injury. Um, no running game. No offensive line. Somebody like even Aaron Rodgers, and I know Aaron's an all-time great, so let me use a different example. Somebody like, I don't know, say you know, Matthew Stafford can move a little bit. He's a little younger. Somebody who can who can operate and move in the pocket might give you a more yeah. viability for this offense. This offense is very route-driven right now. I mean, that's it, it's actually a, a very offense, sim- very similar offense to the Packers. Ben McAdoo is a former Packer, so it's but the difference is Aaron Rodgers, if he doesn't hit that first read, can move around the pocket. And Eli has not shown that ability. Not that not a shot. I mean, it's a shot against him. I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback. He's won two Super Bowls, but something to be said there um, that, that they don't have the right personnel to operate for Eli right now. Um, I'm personally, I go offensive tackle though. I always think the more linemen you have, the better. You can always find running backs, but I, Saquon is a super talent. I'd love to see him on the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, very selfishly, get keep him in Pennsylvania. Let's keep him there. Uh, quickly, before we move on to the cold, hard locks, I have the Cubs-Nationals game in the background. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, well, the Cubs are losing one nothing. They're at bat now, but they're just coming back from commercial, and, and TBS is trying to really jump on the the sort of the, the saddle of lip-sync battle that's on – started really by Jimmy Fallon, but then blew up on – I think MTV airs it. Okay. But you always see it pop up everywhere. They're, they're doing their own. I can't tell if it's a rap battle show or if it's literally another lip syncing. It almost looks like it's rap battles, um, which why? Like celebrities doing I, – I, I couldn't hear it, obviously. I'm on mute, but why, why are you trying to do that, that sort of thing? It doesn't seem like a good idea. Right. Yeah, but, right. And, you know, I digress. Let's, let's move on. The fan favorite battle between – the thunder the, between the uh, the masters of the thunder dome and the thunder blog, uh, Matt. Right now, the route is on by you. You are up three zero and two on me, and you also had the trifecta, the regular fantasy league, the dynasty league, and in Pickham last week. So I congratulations pulled, I, to you. I pulled one out in our regular league, but I did smoke you thanks to Ed Dixon's one hundred and seventy five receiving yards in the dynasty league. Yeah, you you murdered me there. Um, yeah, hopefully, uh, just a quick side note that nobody's going to care about. Hopefully, I have a nice little. I made some moves this week in the regular league, okay. so hopefully, I can still make a push to the playoffs. Expanding out to six teams, making it really really helps, at least in my cause. Yeah. Um, but let's get into the picks. We'll start with our beloved Eagles. Thursday night football, eight twenty five p.m. on CBS. Which finally, we're not getting into this streaming crap. 
Carolina comes in as a three and a half point home favorite. Matt, what are you thinking here? I'm going to take the Eagles. I think All they right. win it. They cover and win. You know, I they're a good. If you're a good team, you beat good teams regardless of the night. Uh, I don't not like I said. Didn't don't think I have a great vibe, but I think they've got it. So I'm going to say this: You're using Legarrette Blunt very well. You're using Kenyon Barner very well. I think that running game, we've talked about this before, is something that you can always count on on a Thursday night football short week. Um, I think if Carson even looks, let's say, 75% of what he was last week and really utilizes Zacher, it's a ton. I think they can pull this out. I'm going to go with a homer pick and take the Eagles as well. Um, I'm going to have a ton of fun watching this game. Uh, it should be fun. The over-under in terms of points is set at 45 and a half, which is decent. You know, it's a, you know, four, you know, basically 23-23 game gets you basically two, three touchdowns and a field goal each gets you the over. So that means there's going to be a, enough defense, but a good enough offensive showing. So it should right. be a lot of fun there. But uh, yeah, probably the, one of the first good Thursday night games because we did right. have that uh, – San Francisco, uh, LA game. It turned out to be great. No one expected it to be that good, but that was pretty wild. I will say this fun, fun tidbit here. Is this the game where Alshon gets it going? The Panthers, Alshon gets it going, excuse me. The Panthers really don't have any excellent quarters. I mean, Bradbury's okay. This could be that game, though, where they need him to come through because of that great front seven. And so now they're going to have to go to him on some tough routes and he makes those plays to kind of show up. That would only heighten the heighten the hype of the Eagles if they're able to do that. So I'm interested to see that there. I'll ask this too, kind of on the flip side of it, because we've all we've talked about in terms of now when we were talking about the Eagles before, how do you think, and we're, we might be missing some D tackles and DNs, but if the Eagles defense really gives Cam Newton, who's still a little banged up, but if they hold him – Hold Christian McCaffrey, who who had his first NFL touchdown last week. If they can hold them up, I mean, that's a pretty great sign. So, I mean, right. that's a, a that's a side that really nobody's thinking about. You want to think about Carson Wentz and what he's been doing and, and the show that he's been putting on. But the Eagles defense, they could have a, a season-defining game here. God, this, this could be that kind of – we're 4-1. We're already in a good spot. Two and one on the road. This could be that kind of season defining, or or at least put our foot in the ground and say, "Hey, we're going to be a top t- top ten defender, top top ten contender in the NFC." This is that kind of game. You got to you got to win this game to show that you're going after a buy. Um, this is those big yep. games you've got to take. Yep, absolutely. All right, moving on. Sunday slate, one o'clock games coming in at two and two. The Miami Dolphins. We talked about how low points they've both scored and allowed coming in as an 11 and a half point road dog at Atlanta off a bye and off of a bad loss a couple weeks ago, a lot of points to give up, but I am going to take the Falcons with the points here. I think they have a big bounce back game on all facets, both offensively and defensively. What about you? We're going to, I'm going to agree. And and I can't, we're going to, we're going to talk further about this game. Exactly what you just said by week, bad loss, Atlanta takes, with the points, and that they smoke the Dolphins here. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think Jay Cutler puts together two yeah. two good weeks, especially yeah. in Atlanta. That place is going to be rocking. Whether or not they're mm-hmm. pumping in crowd noise is a different story. But we're going to keep it rolling. Still 1 o'clock. Fox 
Packers, three-and-a-half-point road favorite at the Vikings. Matt, what do you got? I didn't like the Vikings on Monday night. Uh, I don't. I, Sam Bradford looks dinged up. Case Keenum is, is, has shown he's not a full-time starter oh. in this league. I love the Vikings. I really think the Vikings defense is a good defense. It doesn't matter when you play Aaron Rodgers. He looks fantastic. They look to continue to show that they are the cream of the crop, better than Atlanta, better than the Eagles, better than the Lions, Seahawks, whoever, in the NFC. NFC, I think they cover that uh, at least a three-point win. No Dalvin Cook for the the Vikings. They just can't keep up. By the way, Stefan Diggs, stud. Looking yep. maybe in a Pro Bowl season. I don't think it matters with the Packers. Ty Montgomery. Well, he's a little banged up, too. He might he not. He, I mean. He's not a big guy, and, and, and so that's one of your struggles you have with those smaller receivers, although Adam Thielen's pretty good on the other side. But Packers get Ty Montgomery back. Aaron Jones looked decent. Uh, Martellus Bennett is starting to learn how to run. With yep. Rodgers, because Rodgers is kind of unique. You look good last week. Devontae Adams is not a fluke. Still have Randall Cobb. Jordy Nelson may or may not be healthy. Doesn't really matter. I think, and I think the Packers just they take this one at, uh, on the road. All right, I agree with you there, Green Bay. All the reasons you just said. Keep it rolling. One o'clock. Fox. The Lions going to New Orleans as a five-point dog. Over under surprisingly only at fifty points total between the two teams. I think that's an easy over just on the over, on the points. But um, I'm going to go Lions here. They're two and zero on the road. They've they've really shown a lot. Getting you know getting points. I get it's in New Orleans, easy breezy in the Superdome, and, and a lot of other you know puns that I've used throughout the years. But I think this is a score fest. I think Detroit does well here especially after that loss last week where they almost put it together in the fourth quarter against carolina um but i'm taking detroit on the road well i gotta tell you this might this is my one o'clock game of the week i think this is going to be the best game of the one o'clock slate these are two really good teams that have had some tough breaks early on i love new orleans moving adrian peterson that's not a shot at adrian peterson but that clears that backfield up gives the touches that mark ingram and alvin kamara deserve to have I'm taking the Saints. I don't think they cover, though. So I think the Lions cover the five and a half. I think the Saints win on a late field goal at home. Um, but I'm going to take the Saints to win, Lions to cover. I love yeah, the Lions with the points. I think the yeah. Saints team, you know, kind of got tossed by the wayside with some early injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm pretty uh, – I think they're kind of battling back in a AFC – an NFC South that maybe – I don't know. Loaded, loaded NFC South because they're battling with the Buccaneers to be the bottom dwellers now. But I think they take a very important game to surprise a Lions team that probably blew one last week they needed to win against the Panthers to keep pace in that division. Yeah, it's funny that, like, that say the Eagles do win, the Panthers now four and two, the Saints win this, they're three and two. Um, you know, they're right there, they're right in the thick of it. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go Detroit with the points. They win outright. You're going Detroit with. With points, but lose. Um, so we both picked Detroit, technically. Uh, but keeping it rolling, go over to CBS for a matchup that, to me, is a little surprising that they're both rank- they both have the same record. <laughs> Patriots coming to MetLife Stadium against their longtime rival, the New York Jets, as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I think this is when the, the Jets' three-game winning streak comes to an end. And I think they get blown out. New England covers here. Um, and I think the defense shines against this New York team that 
know, they might not have Bilal Powell, who was supposed to have this awesome game against Cleveland last week, and, and somewhat did, but he got hurt early. Um, I'm Brady. He loves playing New York. He loves to light him up. Yeah. Easily covered that. So I, a couple interesting things here. One, the Patriots have lost to the 5-0 and Kansas City Chiefs and 4-1 and Carolina Panthers. I know they were both at home. They didn't lose to bad teams. And, yeah, I agree. If, I think most intelligent Jet fans are like, why are we winning games? We want a quarterback that can contend. They're 3-2, and two, but they've beaten some pretty garbage teams on their way to 3-2. and two. I want to take the Patriots. They're going to win. I actually don't take them to cover because okay. – because, so first of all, Tom Brady is dealing with a little bit of a non-throwing shoulder injury. Also, it's a divisional game on the road. I just I don't like divisional games. I think the teams know each other too well. So I, I think the, the Jets end up losing by seven points. But I think the Patriots win. I think it's a comfortable win regardless of the score. But I think the Jets at least keep it within that line. But, you know, we'll see. I just like I said, I, uh, divisional games, they worry me all the time. Yeah, no, no, that's true. And that was a question I was going to ask you before of that we've seen a lot of teams play a decent amount of divisional games. Some people, some teams are through their first round of divisional games. The Eagles are two thirds of their way through it at two and oh. Um, some haven't even played any at all. Um, I mean, do you think that we can't really take it seriously until people are? Really quickly, just this question are through their first round of playing all of their divisional opponents? or, you know, at least two games through, or, or kind of, you know, where where can we really take a record seriously in relativity to divisional play? I think your first two, I think your first two away games. Mm-hmm. So I think the first two times you play away, what happens? You one and one, or we're in two and oh, you're, you're, you're flying high. One and one, you're in it. Oh and two, you're in trouble in the division. Um, I, you know, actually, no. I would I would say three, one home, two away. What's your record? Are we two and one, one and two, okay. one and three, three and zero? Oh. So I think you need to have three division games. One has to be at home, and two have to be on the road. I don't care if it's the same team. That to me is where I kind of fall with that. Um, divisional opponents are the key. You, you play them six times, two, two, two. If you if you beat your division, you're six and zero. Oh. You're 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 mm-hmm. probably in the playoffs with that because just war of attrition. You win a couple more games, you get to nine or ten wins. So it's all about your divisional play and who you beat. Yeah, yep. No, I agree with you, and that that was sort of exactly what I was looking for in terms of of trying to just figure out because a lot of this we're in week six now, and we're we're trying to figure out who's actually good, where's in the power rankings. I mean, frankly, seeing the Eagles come up at number two on a lot of different sites, whether it's NFL.com, ESPN, CBS, Fox whoever the bleacher reporter throwing them out at number two gets me cautious. Granted, they've played one away, one home. Um, you know, they could easily be one and one there, but right. uh, Jake Elliott doesn't nail that. But you know, it's, it's something that, sure. that made me think today when I was looking at the standing. So glad to get the Matty D take on it as uh, you've clearly shown the 2007 versions of us. You're uh you're the master of disaster on our, our football true. front. That's true. <laughs> um, now, the next game that I had – Rolling I'll, along. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll, I'll take it. Next game, I had on Fox, 1 o'clock, 49ers visiting the Redskins coming off. Yep. Okay. Redskins coming off their bye. 49ers, an 0-5 team that if you watched, other than their opening season loss to the Panthers, they have been within three points of every other opponent they've Close. played. Close. Yes. Uh, you know, we'll you know we'll see. I 
I'm so tempted to choose them here. I know the Redskins are coming off their bye. I'm, I'm, they're a 10-point favorite. I think the 49ers lose. I think the 49ers lose the game, but I think they cover the 10-point spread. I was going to say the exact same thing. I, um, since I don't play you this week, I can talk about my, my thought process and fantasy. I picked up Deshaun Jackson or Deshaun Kaiser. Or, no, Deshaun Watson. Jesus, a lot of Deshauns. There's uh, <laughs> another quarterback in our league. Uh, did well against you, one of two players that didn't get one point. Uh, hence my, uh, you know, getting close in uh, our regular league. Uh, but he's coming coming up. We'll get to his game in a little bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously Kirk Cousins is my other one. Uh, that I've talked about a few times, but playing the 49ers, I'm, I'm cautious on that game. So I agree with you. I think San Francisco steps up here, makes it another close game. Um, don't let the record fool you. The 0-3 on the road. Uh, Matt just hit the nail on the head with a lot of close losses. Um, yeah, I think the exact same thing. I think they lose, but with the points, you take them. Yep, I'm with you there. Next, I think a game that is is imperative for one team to win. Bears visiting the Ravens, also Fox 1 o'clock. Six and a half point line for the Ravens as favorites. Who do you have there? Yeah, so this is an intriguing game. The Bears coming off of a weird week where you would have hoped that they could show something against a a Vikings team that you know had all the different stuff going on. Some players banked up. A couple things happened though. You had a not just the Jordan Howard Tariq Cohen tandem. Tariq Cohen barely showed up to the game. Um, I, I honestly can't think if he actually ended up in the in the positive in terms of his yardage that he had between rushing and receiving. Um, Mitch Trubisky looked okay. Um, that defense, though, concerns me. Um, the Ravens, though, very banged up, but true. I like the six and a half point there. If it was seven, I'd almost say you you want to just stay away from it and say they might push. But I think six and a half is just low enough to take the Ravens to cover. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Ravens to cover as well. This is a team that they are good. I, I know they've had some struggles. Their offense is going to be bad. That, that defense is just so good. I don't know why. I just yep. have this feeling the Ravens are in one of those kind of years where they're going to make maybe even win the division. First of all, Steelers have their issues. Bengals yep. have their issues. Browns are a doormat. I, I just – I don't know. Something about this Ravens team, they, they, I know they've had some rough losses. Um, but they're, I think they're going to find a way to get it done this year. And in this game, I think they cover that spread. Watch out because there's not a – I don't know if – there's a lot of names on that offense. Flacco, Macklin, Wallace, um, West, Alex Collins looks pretty good. Big, I loved him when he came out of Arkansas a couple years back. Kind of got lost in the shuffle up in Seattle. Yep. Um, I, this Ravens team impresses me in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you got a lot going on with them, and and I think if they figure it out, they just tweak a couple things, they could soar, pun intended, to that win. <laughs> um, next game for me that I got, 1 o'clock game, run, rounding it out. We just referenced it. Houston Texans coming in as a 9.5-point favorite against the, as you said, doormat, Cleveland Browns. Uh, Cleveland Browns team that that we both thought might get their first win last week against New York. They obviously didn't. Um, intriguing line, I will say. Matt, what do you got here? So, I I believe I'm a believer in Deshaun Watson. 
Yep. I like starting. I, I, I'm glad they made the switch for the Browns. This is not the game they win. I will say, though, I think they cover because this Browns de- – this Texans defense, first of all, before even before the injuries last week had been struggling, and now they lose okay. J.J. Watt. They lose uh, Whitney Merciless. They're bringing in a bunch of guys off the street to try to help them out. I think the Browns keep it close. And I think they make this very interesting, but I like Deshaun Watson enough. So I'm definitely, I think they cover, but I think the Texans ultimately win. So the reverse, you think the the Texans don't cover, but they win. I'm sorry. Uh, Yes, I'm sorry. So the Browns, yes. No, no, hold up. No. You're taking the Browns with the points, but you think the Texans win straight up. Browns with the points, Texans win. Browns with the points. Excuse me. I I missed that word there. By the way, now you're good. It's a confusing concept right. of, of the terminology. What would, scare um, me, what would scare me for the rest of the league is as Deshaun Watson gets more comfortable with DeAndre Hopkins, who I think might be the most underrated wide receiver in the league. Well, think about it this way, too, that he, of Deshaun Watson's almost 1,100 yards, DeAndre Hopkins almost has, four, has 350 of them, a little more right. than that. Right. And of 12 touchdowns, has five of them. He's a key target for him, and that's why, I mean, that Browns defense looks good, yeah. but I think if he can get it get it going with DeAndre and really takes off, and, and Lamar Miller hasn't looked terrible. No, the series looks, you know, I, I just think that's enough to get him over there. I think I got them by two touchdowns. So I, I got the Texans covering, you know, completely um, by at least two, two, two touch, two scores, I should say. Right. Um, but that that's what I got there. We we finished the one o'clock slate to kind of give uh to give everybody through what is it, eight games through the one o'clock slate. You and I differ on one pick. Yeah, one pick here. Uh or no, two picks. You have the Jets, I have New England in terms of points, and then you have Cleveland, I have Houston. So let's move on to the four o'clock slate where Tampa Bay comes in after basically a bye week you know they played thursday night they get that extra rest to arizona university of phoenix stadium they come in as a favorite two and a half points at matt break this game down for me 17 bucks on StubHub. let's buy them and fly out <laughs> well, that's pretty poor if you're the cardinals yeah i think the cardinals i know they just traded for adrian peterson I like the Buccaneers with the points. I, th- I thought I was going to see a I lot. Agree. I'm going to be honest. I was terrified last week for the Eagles. And yet the Cardinals – I mean, for, for the Eagles, the Cardinals got rolled. I, I like the Buccaneers here. I think they need this win and they want it more. I think the Cardinals at two and three may even already for some reason after last week feel like their season's slipping away. I'm going to take the Bucs um, to win. I, I think it's a bold pick. I really don't think that line is giving – I think that line is strange to me because I don't think the Buccaneers have shown that much in this early season, but I'm taking them here. No, and and, and you just hit on something that I that is my reason for taking the Bucks as well. Jameis Winston hasn't been the Jameis Winston that we've wanted him to be. He didn't have the best game against New England. Everybody thought he might have a really great game there. I think he comes back here to this game, has a little bit of rest, a little bit of time to kind of really look things over. And I mean, even the fact that they're playing at four Oh five and not, not one o'clock, you know, that gives them you know, a little more time there. I, I'm not sure when, when in fact they do or have flown out to, you know, the, the West coast, 
uh, basically the West Coast, that is. But I think, uh, you know, I, I like him here. I, I like him to get it. And I think Jameis has a big game. If, if Carson Wentz can do it, why not Jameis? Right, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited. I, yeah, I, I'm, I could not agree more with you there. I, uh, I think it's going to be... It's going to be a good game. I think this is way more important for Tampa Bay in that division. They they can't afford to drop this game. It's going to show about a lot. It's going to show a lot about this team, in my absolutely. Opinion. It's a show me or or put up or shut up game, as uh, we've liked to say a lot this year. Right. Another four o'clock game. The Rams coming in as a dog to the Jaguars. Two and a half points. Jacksonville's favored by. Um, should be an interesting game here. Jared Goff, who's basically become a renaissance man in his second year um, after a really terrible showing in part of his rookie year against a good Jaguars defense. Matt, what do you think here? I, I gotta tell you, I, I want to, I really, really want to, to Jaguar. I almost want the Jaguars to be bad, right? Like, I don't know why, just because it's how, who they are as a team. Um, I think they win another one at home against a better, a good Rams team. I, I don't know. This defense is playing so well for the Jaguars. I think they win, and they, it, it's a two-and-a-half-point line. It's basically a toss-up. I think they win this game. Yeah. Leonard Ford so that's an interesting pick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he um, surprisingly some, somehow got listed on the injury report. I, I, I'd have to do a little more investigating to what happened. Um, but he, I mean, he looks great in all facets of it, and I think – you you hit it before, and when you were talking about surprises, of Blake Bortles has looked fantastic. I think having a great running back behind him has been has enabled him to relax and kind of open things up, and uh, you know do get everything that he's done, and uh, if that makes sense, and go away to three and two record. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Jacksonville wins this. I think they cover. Jared Goff has looked really good. The only thing that gives me pause is that. Jared Goff came into Dallas, a team that we thought that defense could show him up and, and make him kind of show some signs of 2016 Goff. Um, but I think here, you know, the the weather, at least on that I'm seeing on ESPN, it might have some some showers, but I like Fournette more than Gurley. I like Bortles more than Goff. So I like Jacksonville more than LA. So I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna take Jacksonville with the two and a half point or losing two and a half points to cover. Yeah, no, I got that. Absolutely. Um, next one I had here was kind of a fascinating game. Uh, you would have thought at the beginning of the season, or at least a week or two ago, Steelers visiting the Chiefs. Kansas City is only a four and a half point favorite. I could see a couple reasons for that. A, there's no way Big Ben throws five interceptions again, right? No. B, no Kansas shot. City's, yeah, Kansas City's undefeated. A lot of times, you know, I think, do you get complacent? I think they, I think they blow this one up. I, I don't like the Steelers. I don't like them on the road. What shocked no. me about last week was that Big Ben threw that, did that at home, and his home split yeah. is usually so much better than his road split. There's some issues there. I, I like the Chiefs again to stay undefeated and to cover that four and a half, which is kind of a sucker's line because it's basically a field goal game or or more. But I like the Chiefs a lot this year. I love what they've done. Assuming Travis Kelsey is going to play a little bit, um, he is. All world, uh, he might. I'm going to be honest. He might be the best tight end right now with Gronk's injuries in football. Uh, his ability, I agree to catch, with that. His ability to catch over the middle. He makes catches that 
that Julio Jones can't make. I've been very impressed with Travis. No, I, I hate his attitude, but I love his ability right now. No, I, I agree with that sentiment. Um, no, and I and I agree with you with this line as well. The Steelers on the road, they're two and one right now. Um, but they, they, I don't think they look as bad as they did last week. But they have some issue of getting everybody on the same page at the right time. I mean. Even that Cleveland win, I mean, it was their defense that really helped them to really come away with that win. This is week one. Um, the offense has had the up and down. Le'Veon Bell, not the best season so far for him. I mean, I guess usually he's suspended through this point, so he, I guess, is just in his mind kind of regressing to there. Uh, all jokes aside, you know, Antonio Brown's having a pretty good year so far, obviously over 100 yards a game in, you know, through five games. But only one receiving touchdown, which um, sure. you got to wonder why. Why isn't why isn't this all clicking for them? So but I'm going to agree not, with you. It, it not, might be he's not an elite red zone target compared to say a Julio because he doesn't have that leaping. He's he's a great receiver. He might might still be the best. He might be the best in football. I'm not putting that past yeah. him. I'm just saying he doesn't he doesn't win at jump balls. I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to put him down. I just don't think he's the same level of a red zone or target as say a Julio. That's a good or, point. Maybe even an Odell with his elite speed or the size of a Travis Kelsey or a Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, I was going to say he's not the biggest guy in the world, too. Um, but still one touchdown in five games. You know? Right. Um, a lot of fantasy owners out there bummed. Um, the one guy, though, I, I think might have a bit of regression is Kareem Hunt. And that's saying you know what, what it is. He's averaging over 120 yards a game. Um, so maybe he doesn't hit 120 yards, maybe only a hundred, you know, right. save some yards for the other guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> all jokes aside, I do think Kansas city does cover here. Uh, could easily be a field goal win. I think they win no matter what, but I- I'm going to take them to cover as well. Yeah. Now next one I had on the slate here, chargers Raiders at Oak at Oakland. Um, still no Derek Carr. Yep. I don't know to me. I don't even. Do you have a line on your screen? Because mine doesn't come up with. One. Are you on the ESPN yeah, scores? Yeah, nothing. Yeah, I am too. I'm gonna try. Well, you give your analysis of this game. I'm gonna try to see if the uh, the pick'em. Yeah, pick em my, game gives my analysis us a line. is simple. No Derek Carr, no Raiders victory. Um, I've got the Chargers all the way. Finally, pull one out last week. Get to two and four. Drop the Raiders to two and four. All of a sudden, the Raiders are looking at a huge, a huge hole for a team that thought they were gonna make the playoffs. I'm taking the Chargers all the way. I still think this team has a little bit of gusto in them. Not sure they're a playoff team anymore uh, with what's going on down set in the AFC South, uh, maybe even the AFC North. But I think this uh, I think this Chargers team gets another one, make get to two and four. And I just Derek, without Derek Carr, I don't think the Raiders. I don't like EJ Manuel at all. I don't think Marshawn Lynch is going to have enough in the tank. And until Amari Cooper can catch a football, I'm going to go Chargers all the way. I'm going to agree with you as well. And can you see my face right now? Describe it to the audience for those listening in auto audio. Cause I have the line that the Pickham game has disgusted or mad. I'm taking the chargers to win. Uh, and with the line that it has as the Raiders at minus six and a half really the ESPN Pickham game. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the chargers as well. I agree with you. Derek Carr, no Derek Carr, no win. Uh, right. Really, everything you said there. Melvin Gordon also to a, to a defense that hasn't looked all too impressive this year. Um, I think he tears it up. I think he has a great great game. Keenan Allen. I think he's starting to look like the Keenan Allen from you know, a couple of years ago, just dominant. Right. Um, but you know, kind of that same Giants question we asked before. If the Raiders get even a top ten pick, I mean, that's got to be 
that's either you take an impact player or you you try to get some picks out of it. I mean, that's actually a really intriguing storyline to tell. And and really, before we start going really down into the you know you know conspiracy theories of the world, but I mean, if if that does indeed happen, I mean, that almost has to be the the best thing for the Raiders at this point. Not to yeah. get too much into the tanking aspect, but no. If Derek Carr's hurt and everything, you know, make sure he's healthy. I mean, this is he's missed how much time since he got hurt last December? You know, yeah. um, no. I, I almost want to make sure he's totally healthy before you you risk putting him back in to, to try to make a run at a you know a, a division title that you might get because yeah. the, the Broncos yeah. are three and one as your division leader. But you know, you want to you want to make sure he's healthy. Get if you can get a top ten, top fifteen pick. You know, why not? Why not go after that? No, I, I completely agree there. They, they have some needs on the defensive side in particular. The secondary could use some help. Um, yeah, they're just a little dysfunctional right now. You tell you what, no one's talking about it. They're, they're moving to Vegas. Is that causing some friction, you know, some unforeseen things that are occurring? I don't know. We'll see. But I think Derek Carr being injured, also maybe they were anointed a little too early. Maybe they did look really good last year until Derek Carr broke his leg. That's I mean, you true. Can't, yeah, I mean he's you a, can't. Yep. Say that the only thing that they really had against them last year and coming over to this year, Latavius Murray was a big part of that offense. He's gone. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Washington was your backup quarterback or your backup running back. Obviously, Latavius Murray is is replaced by Marshawn Lynch, but DeAndre Washington's still there. He's still getting reps. He isn't the guy that a lot of people thought he could be and and might eventually be, um, but you know a, a lot of that. There's a lot of missing holes, or a lot of missing pieces, and a lot of holes there. And especially six and a half points that ESPN's giving you, you take the Chargers, take the Chargers. Holy right. crap! Um, but let's move on. We got just two night games left. Sunday night football, a game that you would have thought, and maybe they, maybe NBC decided, however many years ago, to to just slate this. The, the Manning Bowl that no longer has Peyton. The Giants visiting the Broncos. Broncos coming off their bye week. Half-point favorites here. There's a lot of reasons for that. Broncos defense looks really good. We talked about the Giants earlier. They're missing a lot of weapons on offense. Nothing really at the running back. You got to wonder who they're even throwing up at wideout. Um, I'm taking the Broncos here, and, and call me crazy, but I, I'm going to take them with the points. I mean, I... I I don't really see this Giants defense or Giants offense being able to really put a lot together, Matt. On the road against what I think might be the best defense. I think, no, not might be. I think this Broncos defense is the best over the Chiefs, over the Rams, Jaguars, um, Ravens. I, yep. I don't care. Whatever defense you want to throw at me, best defense in football. I think this is a. I think it's well over. I think the the Broncos dominate a, a Giants team with literally nothing on offense right now. No running game. No escapability from a quarterback. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how you put points up here. Yeah, the exactly. over under is thirty nine. Is that going to be what is that thirty nine points? Is it thirty nothing? Like honestly, like do yeah. you think the how many points do you think the Giants honestly get an over under on their points? I would. Honestly, put that line at ten points. The Giants could yeah. maybe put up on that game. Maybe I'm. I'm. I think this is going to be a bloodbath for, for the Broncos to keep pace as best they can with a with that Chiefs team in the AFC West. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so we we'll agree there. So just to give everybody kind of the uh, the idea at home, 
we come through the late Sunday part of the day, the late games and the Sunday night game, all at the same picks, just two competing picks. Coming into Monday Night Football, similar situation. I don't have a line on the ESPN scores page, an official update from Vegas, so I'm going to give you the, the Pick'em game line, which I've actually also noticed is different than the scores page. But Monday Night Football, Colts at Titans, both teams two and three. Titans would have hoped they were doing a little better. Obviously, um, they don't have their guy Marcus Mariota uh, you know, doing his thing. He might be back this week. I have not gotten an update on that. But, Matt, give me the lowdown on this game. What, what do you got here? Well, I is, is Mariota healthy? Um, I'm still going to take the Titans. I, I agree. I, I just don't like anything the Colts are doing. They, they, they won one last week against a bad team, so I, I'm taking the Titans. But Mariota needs to be healthy. I'll be honest, I know that every game is a, a must-win game, although the AFC South is still struggling, so maybe this isn't one. If Mariota is not 100%, there's no way i put him on the field because this team will not make the playoffs without him being fully healthy, which has been a consistent problem in his entire career, which makes me nervous. Yeah, um, I would, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I, I think a big part of it is that that running back tandem been a little banged up, but they still can do a lot there. You know, one thing you and I talked about going into our matchup last week in fantasy. T.Y. Hilton, he had a nice week last week with uh, Jacoby Brissett, you know, somewhat somewhat looking like the uh, the third stringer, and that's almost a, a, a you know throwing some shame at him for what he was with New England last year and the the game he played. But he looked pretty well, almost like that New England Patriots former player that that we saw in 2016. But I agree with you. I think the Titans' defense comes up big here against a Colts team that really, you know, they they Jacoby Brissett. I don't trust him on the road. I don't trust Frank Gore to really be able to come out well. He hasn't played well this year. Um, I like the Titans. ESPN's Pick'em game has it at a two and a half point line. It's basically a Pick'em. Um, so I, I, I take Tennessee here to cover, um, no matter what, or three and a half points, excuse me. So no matter what line you're seeing, um, as long as it's within that pick them range, uh, take Tennessee. Yeah, I'm with you too. But it should be a good week regardless. I mean, a lot of good move games here. Um, team's going to try to make a statement across the league and other teams trying to claw their way to sure they don't fall out of contention early, uh, a la the Vikings, um, was it, was it, would it be a team I'd kind of, maybe even do, man, well, I don't know if the Rams yet, but they're another team Steelers to an extent, although that division, meh. So uh, fascinating games this week though, all around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that'll, that'll do it for this week. Um, you know, as always check out the website, follow us on the social medias, Thunder BLG, the Twitter, Thunderblog sports on both Facebook and Instagram are the handles there. Thunderblogsports.com, obviously being our website, uh, look out for the Fun V Tailgate blog, which should have our my college picks and, and a deeper look into this weekend. We did a great job, kind of giving you a deep dive on on storylines and different, you know, you know, different debatable topics. But at least on in terms of a pick'em sense, there, uh, Matt. What else you got? Any anything else uh, that's on your mind? I hope my fantasy teams win. That's yeah. all. Please. Yeah, I think that's everybody's everybody's a uh, big concern. And, and if we, uh, you know, had a certain, certain website to promote, maybe we'd, we'd uh, talk about what you may or may not be able to do with that, but, but we don't. So, you know, it's all right. You know, uh, you know. but um, 
you know, other stuff going on. Flyers home opener Saturday night. I'm excited for that. Yes, sir. Big time. Uh, they got screwed by what I think one of the worst rules ever implemented in ice hockey last night. Yeah, yeah they did. Challenge, you get a penalty that makes that was zero really sense. bad. That zero sense to me. Really bad. We um, you and I talked about that a little bit before the season started, and was talking to some friends about that last night. We were pretty pissed off about it. Yeah. Probably maybe one of the dumbest rules in sports across the board. I don't get it. I don't even understand the reasoning. I, I doesn't. Yeah, the four sense. majors, golf, which has a lot of dumb rules. Yep. Um, you know, I, I can't think of any dumb uh, rules in tennis or like Olympic yeah. sports, but I mean, really, it might be one of the dumbest. Um, Joel Embiid, hopefully back on the court tonight, or it looks like he's going to be in about ten minutes. So, uh, by the time you listen to this, you'll know whether or not he uh, is living up to his new contract or well, not. I really need to. We really need to see him play with Fultz. I think it's unfair to judge him early. It's early. Don't forget but more for I mean Fultz has been taking a lot of heat. I know he hasn't looked great. He's 19. People, calm down. So pretty fired up. And we're what eight days or seven days away from their their op- their opening of their season. Yeah, their well, their opener is next Wednesday. Gotcha. Their home opener so a week from tonight um, in Washington. Then their mm-hmm. home opener is a week from Friday. That being said, go check out me in thirdandgirl.com's Emily Anderson's preview of this of this NBA season. If you are a basketball fan. Should be the previous two episodes before this in the feed on the bullpen cart feed on iTunes. So go subscribe to that. Leave us a five-star review. Anyway, though, that'll probably do it for us, Matt. A quick update on the uh, Cubs Nationals. Looks like it's going to be a 5 nothing lead. Looks like we might be getting to game five. Um, but I'm about to go meet up with my Yankee-loving dad. That's not a talk about the north the south my dad is a huge new york yankees fan to watch game five of that series look out for a new bullpen cart with me and greg hopefully coming to you soon um previewing the nl and alcs's but matt as always thank you so much a lot of fun as always yes sir and i'm just looking forward to football again this week i love when it's when it's just double dosing me thursday friday no quadruple no What's it? Quintuple? Five? Five nights. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Boom. Great slate coming up. Getting ready for tomorrow night. And uh, just the sporting world starting to pick up with baseball and the playoffs and all the other sports coming on. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. A ton of stuff coming at you. October's magical matchups, as we've uh, always called it, or at least I've tried to bring that back. But that'll do it for us. For my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Have a good night, everybody, and a great weekend. Enjoy the action.